Yeah, don't get between me and my airplanes. That's the rule. This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hello, welcome back to the RC Roundtable. And guess what? The whole gang is back together. We have... Finally! Yes, that's Terry and Lee. You there? I'm here. And hey. I'm here. All right. And, and to add icing to this cake, we have a special guest, Mr. Philip Hinkle. Hello. Hey, Phil. Glad you could join us. Now, we met Philip at eFest, and what year was that? 2015? I think it was two years ago. So, yeah, 2015. So, yeah, we go back two years, and yeah. we've been in contact since then. I think you let me borrow your camera lenses. Was yes, you? I, I had a GH2 with me, and I let you borrow one of my nice lenses so you could get some nice zoom shots. And uh, you even helped me shoot some videos I was doing for my uh, part-time job while I was there. So you ran camera for me a couple of times, too. <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me borrow the lens. That was a really nice lens. So tell everybody what your part-time job is, for I, those that don't know. I work for ProDad and ProDrenaline and help find new markets for products. Okay, now that is software that, I guess it's video editing software that uh, is mainly about removing shake of handheld yep. cameras. Moves, is that a good way to... Stabilizes okay. your footage. Uh, our new stuff can actually clean up CMOS and we remove fisheye and all kind of other fun things. And we just came out with a brand new Mac version. Okay, I played with a version about a year ago, and it was Windows only. But could you run it on a Windows emulator in Mac before? The original ProDrenaline version 1, you could run. It ran actually in Wine, and okay. it ran in its own emulator, I guess. I'm not a big Mac person, but the new version that we have is Mercalli SAL for Mac, and it actually is natively programmed in Mac by an American developer that actually was one of the guys that created SoundForge. So you know it's done well. Wow. All right. Cool. Impressive. Yep. So where can people find that if they're interested? Uh, ProAdrenaline.com. And you can download a trial there and give it a whirl. All right. Cool. I guess in full disclosure, I should mention that I did a review of one of the early versions of ProAdrenaline on my uh, uh, HobbyView webpage. And uh, I can attest that it's a really neat program. I had a lot of fun playing with it. And you did a very good review, too. Oh, thank you. Well, that's great you have a Mac version, because I'm sure that's a great market to tap into. So good yep. luck with that. Thank you. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No. Apparently, there was some air show somewhere. Yeah, my local RC club had an air show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the one. Was it all 3D planes? <laughs> no, there was, there was an actual fleet of timbers there. Nice. A horde of timbers? Yeah, a horde of timbers. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be a cord of timbers? <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> a a bushel, stack of timbers. A bushel of timbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so, Lee, this is your story. This is, you're like a different person now, right? You've the, lived, <laughs> you've checked off one of your, your dreams. Are, are you a man now? 
<laughs> this is this has been story. a rite of passage. <laughs> well, as uh, as I sent a a message to my buddies, I feel like you didn't get this uh, little email, but the title of this uh, note was "The Virgin of Oshkosh, No More." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, I'm back, and uh, I, I'm hopefully hoping people who uh, listen to the show also follow us on Facebook. But uh, Philip and I caught up with each other at a P51 in Warbirds. Uh, he he said, Is that he, how it went? "Meet me at the P fifty one." No, he said he he saw me a mile away and uh, uh, caught me because of my GoPro rig and also that I had my RC roundtable shirt on. Uh-huh. So, but uh, it was nice seeing Philip there. But yes, uh, I have returned from Oshkosh and it was a it was an experience. And you know the whole the whole package was from the moment I left my house in Houston, drove all the way up there. You know the stops the. The experience, the week-long, you know, uh, how do you say, absorption of what it is to be uh, involved with all these, these amazing aircraft. And then, I, you know, I'm glad I had several days to come home because it, it was a, it was coming off a, a high. You know, needed that time to, to breathe. I was, I was reading something there. Apparently, this was the largest attendance in history at Oshkosh. I heard that, too. Yeah, there was a little interview on one of the highlight reels. I can tell you it was up there. I think I got a um, infographic a couple of days after it that said five hundred and sixty thousand plus people. Wow! Over yeah. the week. Over the week, and I would swear Friday and Saturday was probably well over two hundred and twenty thousand of those people. Judging by how long it took me to get in the parking lot. <laughs> wow. Saturday was amazing. I mean, oh. people around me kept saying this is the best weather they had seen in years. Uh, it was a it was a mass. It was incredible. And well, give me a sense of what it's like to have that many people in one spot. Is it just elbow to elbow people? Now, I picture there's been a, a picture on uh, Facebook recently of this pool in China on a hot day, and it's just wall to wall people. And you can't even see the water. Is Oshkosh like that on Saturday? I, I would well. Saturday, I spent most of, <laughs> Philip and I are going to go back and forth on this because Saturday was, <laughs> Saturday was unique. Uh, but I, I think I planned well. I, I, this is a very long story. We're not going to, I'm like not going to share the entire thing on this podcast. Uh, so maybe we'll make it a two-parter. But Saturday is a whole different story. I mean, the whole, because it's so big, so popular, it was not like that China video, <laughs> Terry, which I have seen. It was not like that. And during the week, I never felt like I was being pushed around or there was, you know, people too close to me. There were some lines that were long at some places. But Saturday, I didn't do a lot of walking around because most people spent their time on the flight line to get a good spot. So I wasn't looking behind me. I was fixated on what was happening, you know, for planes taking off and landing during, you know, before the show began. And then from 2 o'clock on, I never left my seat. So... Again, totally different uh, story there. But during the week, it was it, it was nice. Um, Philip, you can probably chime in on this, but was it this year or last year they didn't allow bikes inside the actual gates? That I don't know because there's always been some. I've been this is my third year, and I thought I've always seen some parked outside. Um, but they probably let some some in. I didn't actually see people riding them in the gates, but. There were, I guess, when you were inside, there were places where you had to leave your scooters and stuff like that. For yeah, the I mean, the battery-powered things. Someone had told me that they thought. I mean, I say they thought. I mean, I heard a couple of people saying that they used to allow bikes in, uh, but then they stopped doing it so that maybe it was, you know, 
maybe inconvenient, but I can't imagine how you would have had bikes in there to begin with. But there were these no. huge bike racks, you know, outside the the airport area. So, you know, and I will admit, <laughs> I lost my bike once. <laughs> I was, because I had been there for so long and I tried to park my bike in the same spot. There was one time I went and I, you know, was a row or two from where I was and I went right back to the st- spot I was. I was like, where the heck is my bike? And come on, Philip, you, you've seen the, the bike racks. There are hundreds and hundreds of bikes and I, it took me a while to find mine. <laughs> they were tied a little yellow balloon to it. <laughs> was, they, it was, I mean, they were packed in there and to give you a feel for scale, of how how crowded it was on Saturday when we left because we didn't stay because we only live 90 minutes away and it's actually cheaper for us to commute. We just don't get to stay as long. Um, when we were leaving, we had to go out the main entrance and then we'd hang a right and we'd go along the interstate a little bit until we could get on it. Well, the people were parked all the way out to the entrance of the interstate and the buses only ran about halfway. And even when they wow. got off the bus, some of those people still had at least half to three quarters of a mile walk to get wow. there. Wow, well, that's that's quite a distance from the entrance. It was At the interstate. No, yeah, imagine, <sighs> Lee. Imagine where your camp was in relation to the front gate. Well, add from the front gate at the end of your camp on to the end, and that's how much farther those people had to go. Oh, I and had I not done some research before going and I went to several blogs several YouTube videos and I it never dawned on me to bring a bike I I, I don't know why I mean now that I've been there it's like oh my god how could you not but it, I never thought about it but I just said okay it seems like that's the right thing to do and I'll bring my bike and I could not have enjoyed Oshkosh had I not brought my bike because I was a mile 1.2 miles from the vintage uh, hangar with where my campsite was and the vintage is where I pretty much hung out. So it was a trek. And then not to mention when I brought my um, cart with me with all my camera gear, two days, you know, Saturday, you saw my cart. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> yeah, very ble- much, by the way. I was going to say bless my cart because that, that yeah. booked you two seats. But I know there was just no way I could have done it. It would have been, it would have been awful. And, uh, but I saying that it was so cool. I mean, I'm all over the page with all my notes here, but I took a photo of some various scooters and bikes and, you know, scooters meaning electric scooters, uh, motorcycle type bikes. It's, there's a plethora of designs and what people brought and it was fun. I mean, it really was neat to see all these little different vehicles people brought, um, but you needed it to get around. It, it's it's a town. It was basically a town. And, uh, you know, the first thing I want to say, though, it was one of the most pleasant towns I've ever been in. I believe I read that the camping was actually sold out. I think Flight Test mentioned it on one of their podcasts or vlogs that the camping was sold out and they managed to get a spot because the uh, paramotor people who are their friends like reserved them a spot or something but it was packed yeah you had to have friends um you know fitz did you when you went to oshkosh did you camp did you just uh, drive in hotel what no we stayed in the hotel and we drove in never been thanks for rubbing it in terry you've never been never been my gosh it's your year next year terry i'll I'll see you there that's possible not that likely I'll have to live vicariously through you guys for a little are, while. Are you going to read my blog and get some good ideas to <laughs> the, the time you go? <laughs> no? no? I'm good thinking time. about it. <laughs> He's going to listen well, to this podcast. Right. Uh, 
camping is the way to go. And I, <laughs> I feel I've got to cut this short. If you don't go there a week or two before the show starts, you will not get up within the first, say, what, 20 streets? Philip, you agree? Yeah, you got to get yeah. there pretty early. You have to you are you have to be that dedicated. And there were tons of. Uh, I'll backtrack. I showed up Sunday morning, the day before the show opened, at about seven thirty a.m. I left Beloit, Wisconsin, at like five thirty a.m. And no trouble getting into the gate. Very friendly people. It was great. I drove all the way to the front and then slowly made my way back for twenty five twenty to twenty five minutes. I drove around looking for a campsite and people had tons of reserve spots laid out huge oh. campers there was nothing to be found so that's why i ended up on row street number nine which was right next to the highway uh, and by the way if you park that close to the highway bring earplugs which i did because <laughs> that was the only way i could get to sleep it was that loud next to the freeway oh i was gonna ask because the last several times i've been camping I go to enjoy some peace and quiet in nature. Without no exception, the, the person next to me comes to enjoy a, a case of beer and, and Southern Rock all night long. <laughs> Not that I have anything against beer or Southern Rock, but, you know. It won't be it, quiet at Oshkosh, I can pretty much tell you that. Well, is it engine noise or is it partying? Everything. Well, ah, okay. well that, that must have been where Philip was. I guess in row nine, people wanted to get them sleep because it took them that long to get back to their campsite. <laughs> uh, there there every were people partying, but I, where I was, uh, fun families, kids, yeah. nice conversations. N- never had an issue with the, the people near me. Very friendly. I heard you had to get on to somebody at the flight line. <laughs> we're going to jump to that. Philip, you weren't there, were you? Or did you see the... Uh, oh, I was, you were I there. Was you there. took a picture of the guy. I was, you mean on Saturday when you kind of almost got kicked out? Yeah, when they brought up, yeah, I didn't (laughs) tell Terry. I didn't tell Terry. I was off somewhere else, or I think I had just, I was just walking up because there was a big gap, and you says, I said, hey, Lee, and you said, oh, man, you just missed it. We almost had a fight. Oh, not not that one. I think Terry's talking about the guy who got in front of me. He's talking about the guy during the air show when the bombers flew over and the guy who stepped in front of me and my camera gear. No, oh, oh, okay. I think I remember that now. I was probably looking at something else, but I think I remember you talking about it in the aftermath. <laughs> Boy, we're jumping. It looks like the Saturday story is becoming this podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just we'll just talk about Saturday. The violence uh, of Oshkosh. Uh, <laughs> well, Terry, what Terry is talking about, folks, is uh, <laughs> don't get between me and my airplanes. That's the rule, especially when I have my camera gear and I've driven eleven hundred miles to be there. Uh, but Philip can attest, and this is a, another fun story, is that I I knew it was going to be tough to get on the flight line Saturday. And the Blue Angels required that the flight line be further back. What do they call that? The Blue Terry? Line, wasn't it? Was it called the Blue Line? Or, or the, so, the flight box. Yeah, they just they, they required it to be moved back. What do you say, about 50 feet? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, so I got there at 7.15 in the morning. The gates opened at 7. And... The whole front line was already taken. So I got behind this one guy, and we were right in front of this DC-3, 
having a great conversation. About 30, 45 minutes later, the pilot of the DC-3 comes over and says, Hey, guys, I, I got to move you guys because I'm taxiing out. <laughs> it's true. So we we talking to everybody around us and say, Okay, we knew who these people were. We knew who this guy was. We moved our chairs. Uh, the plane came out. But other people tried to take our spots because they were starting to come in. Needless to say, we all got our spots back and everything was going fine. But the one that think think Terry's talking about is once the show started, this guy who was standing about three or four rows back, the the bombers were coming over. The B one, the B two, and the B fifty two. And this guy with his fancy camera gear steps right in front of my GoPro, which is recording, gets right in front of me and starts recording the planes fly over. And I don't say anything because I know he's recording and I know people next to me are recording and I'm taking my pictures, but as soon as they passed I I went uh, pull, uh, postal on him. And he was, I think he was very shocked, but I basically said, you're done, now you can move back. And when he started saying, hey, you know, we could all share, I said, no, you weren't wow. here at 7.15 in the morning, you can move your, and I said some words back, and he moved over to my left in front of this other guy, I turned to him and said, no, you're not blocking that guy, you're going to go back. And then after he did move back and he never showed his face again, the guy and the girl next to me said, thank you for telling him off. <laughs> he was the... He was the dude with the Sony NEX cam on a little waist-mounted monopod, right? That's it. Yeah, I remember him now. Okay, I, I kind of remember after that happened. It's like when he walked up, it's like, well, what a jerkwad. We've been here like all day, and you just walk up and find a place to stand and get in everybody's way. Yeah. You know, I Seven. was not impressed, although I liked his camera. I wouldn't have minded the camera. <laughs> Speaking of cameras... Lee looks so insufficient out there with his 7200 compared to some of those lenses out there. Holy crap. Holy smokes. No. Let me let me fix that. That's a 98 to 280. I had my 1.4 oh, okay. extender on there, but yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, there was but, one uh, dude on Friday. I took a picture of him with my cell phone and texted it to Lee because it's like, check out this guy's <laughs> lens. And the thing was like, it's probably a 600 millimeter. It's like four feet long and a foot in diameter. It, you know, it had a camo wrap on it. And he's sitting under this little umbrella chair. And every time a plane would come up, he'd heft this big thing up and start snapping pictures. And it was like, let me, uh, the mini I hear, I hear Fitz <laughs> laughing, but Fitz, let me just put you in another perspective. This guy is holding, hand holding a camera that must weigh at least 20 pounds, a lens. Oh, man. You know. To get pictures of it going by. He didn't have a, a tripod for it or a monopod. No? He was hand-holding this lens. Yeah. Did he have like a Popeye arms or something? <laughs> <laughs> he was, With he that was, much zoom, how do you keep it stable? Seems like he'd be all over the place. It's not my problem, but I would sure like to see some of the pictures he took. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, honey, bend over. Let me prop my elbows on your back. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a picture of the pilot picking his nose there. Oh, it was, yeah, that was one massive lens. So, okay, we've been talking about Oshkosh for 20 minutes now. Nobody said anything about any airplanes. Oh, what do you want to hear about? What was the coolest thing there? What was the biggest surprise? Let me put it that way. The bombers, I think. And, yeah, the bombers. The, well, B, the cool. two B-29s. Yep, the, that was the coolest thing. I think at the air show on Tuesday when we were there and they flew over, the announcer said, um... He was all emotional because he does so many air shows. But he said, this is the first time those there's been two B-29s in the air together in probably 50 or 60 years. So wow. it was it was very, very cool. But I think the most impressive thing that I just tell everybody about, other than the cool heritage flights that they do, was on Saturday they had a flyover of the bombers. Well, it was all the American current bombers. So Lee mentioned it earlier. 
a B1, a B2, and a B52 in formation. And he, you probably saw his pictures of it. Then right behind that was two B29s, followed by a B17, followed by two B25s, all within like 30, 45 seconds of each other. And it's like, where are you going to see that again? That's just yeah. the total coolest history, nerdy out moment that you could ever have. Yeah, you don't see that every day. No, it was it was just the coolest thing. Wow. I bet it, I bet it sounded awesome, too. <sighs> Nothing like a radial engine, man. Neat. Well, could you hear after the B1 pass? You'd think the blood would still be pouring out of your ears. <laughs> Actually, the B1 wasn't bad. It was the, B, the F35 that was loud. Well, yeah. so they had an F35 there. Yeah, they had a couple. Two. Did, two. did it perform a flight demonstration? No. No, they did some fun flybys, and they were part of the Heritage flight, oh. Heritage formation. But speaking and, of Heritage formation, going back to the B-29s, there's a video online. I have photos of it. I don't know if I – yeah, I did share it. But the most emotional moment for me was when they – and I apologize. I don't remember the name of this gentleman, first Oshkosh. But there was a gentleman who's been performing uh, the missing man, you know, TAPS for Oshkosh for many, many years. And he had announced that it, he wasn't able to, to do it any longer, do it at his age. But they had, oh my gosh, I mean, Philip, I don't know if you were there, but they yeah. had the missing man formation with two B-25s and both Fifi and Doc. And Fifi was the flyaway. And yeah. it came right at the flight. I mean, it came right at you. And it was perfect Thursday timing. Thursday or Friday, I think. Not one not one sound from anybody yeah. in that group. I mean, it was the quietest flight line you've ever heard, and all you heard was taps and those planes flying over, and it's just, it's it touching. Was, yeah, that was very cool. That was very cool. Yeah. I remember a lady standing next to me. I mean, she, I guess she was just going with someone else. She goes, what What was that? I said, you have, I said, and I, just like what Philip said, I said, there have not been two B-29s together in over 50 years. And I just, I don't know if I was crying or not, but it was, it just took, it was amazing. It was amazing <laughs> to see that. Yeah. You don't, you don't see that. As many air shows I've been to, that was probably the most uh, appropriate missing man formation, you know, yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I remember the first time I, that the two B-29s flew over and I saw them, I think it was Tuesday. I had my phone out. I went this time not trying to take anything fancy, not trying to do any photos or videos or anything. I'm just going to go enjoy it. I'll take my cell phone. If I see something fun, I'll take a picture. I probably took 200 pictures. But all I had was my smartphone. But I looked up, and I took a picture, and then I put my phone away. And I said, I'm just going to enjoy this. You know, just get stuck yeah. in, you know, just make a mental image. It's like, dude, this hasn't happened in 50, 60 years, and I get to see it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was. it's just a special moment. And hopefully it won't be the last time they're able to do that. Oh, no. Actually, Fifi's actually going to be uh, 20 minutes from me next Saturday. We're probably oh, going to go see her again. So. Yeah, I know there's a lot of logistics involved in maintaining and getting those things around. Yeah. So, but I'm sure Oshkosh is on everybody's bucket list. So. Well, this year should have been on everybody's. <laughs> logistics is spelled M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, follow uh, the money. Where are we going to find the money? Where are we going to find the logistics? Yeah, I talked to the people who maintained Fifi a couple of years ago, and they gave me some dollar figures. It's it's pretty crazy. Well, that's why they charge you four hundred fifty bucks for a ride on a B seventeen because all that money goes to help maintain it. Yeah, they're not making any money on those rides. No, 
No, because it costs a lot to run those things. It, it goes right in the gas tank. Yep. 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 Gas tank at annuals. So. Yeah, right. So, Lee, now you went there and said, if I don't see a P-38, my life has no meaning. <laughs> uh, I saw one, so I guess that counts, but boy, it was so... Uh, so that, okay, if the B-29s were the coolest part, is that your biggest disappointment it, with the it, B-38s? It will be. It will be my, okay. I will, I'm very disheartened that there were no P-38s. And uh, Philip can attest because I've asked Philip several times when he was in the Warbird section to let me know if a P-38 sneaks in. But they did not bring <laughs> anyone. In. And it, there's, it just shocked me. Being it's the world's largest or you know greatest air show in the world, that there uh, one P-38 couldn't make it. And well, there's it, not that many flying, right? There's nine. Are there that many? Yeah. I would have guessed less than half a dozen. Yeah. Okay. But nine in the U.S.? Oh, there's one in Austria with flying bulls. Or the Red Bulls, whatever. The Red well, Bull flying something. Y- you had five at Chino like two years ago. You're telling me you couldn't bring one to Oshkosh? Yeah, in a but, big year like this. I, yeah. I don't mean to, I mean, I could sit there and berate this to, to death, and I understand there's some logistics and money involved, but it, I, it, it made me sad. I mean, I didn't leave like Oshkosh wasn't worth it. I mean, and I haven't, I, I did, I just, I showed y'all a picture, but I came back with a, a little treasure that I, you know, I bought myself, so I bought a myself tattoo? a tattoo. <laughs> I might get a P-38 tattoo. Um, <laughs> no, I found a beautiful piece of artwork in one of the uh, vendor displays, nice big portrait that I just fell in love with. It was kind of unique how I came across it because I had been looking around at several of the galleries. And I came to this one section that I really liked the the photos in the wall, and I you know there were no P38s to be found, at least ones that were worth it, you know, really staring at. And I just said, "Do you guys have any P38s?" And I'm not kidding you. The lady behind the counter just said, "You mean this one?" And she pointed straight down behind her. It hadn't been hung yet, and that's the one I got. And wow. I showed y'all photos. I'll post another wow. photo on Facebook. But I'm. I paid a lot for it, but I'm very grateful that I did because, to me, this is kind of the the thing I want to give to my kids. I hope that they'll cherish this painting that I went and got at Oshkosh. And part of the fun was, and Philip, you can <laughs> you can laugh when you think about this. I had to get that from the C building all the way back to my campsite, <laughs> Holy <crap. laughs> and I had to get it into my suburban. So that was part of the journey. <laughs> you can tell the goods. I, I drove twenty hours each way, and then got on a bike. Well, I can tell you, snow. Lee, if your kids don't appreciate that when you're gone, you can put me as backup on the wheel. <laughs> right. Am I dying before you, Philip? <laughs> I don't know, but if it happens, I, I wouldn't mind being, I'll, I'll take a, you know, All I'll right. take number two on that one. If, if Philip's still alive, <laughs> <laughs> give him a ringy dingy. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, your yeah. Back, Lee. Nope. <laughs> oh great <laughs> if you get a mysterious package in the mail so, from Wisconsin open it carefully so Lee was that the most disappointing thing for you was the P-38s oh yeah yeah because here's the funny thing I what happened on Wednesday Philip? it rained it rained that wasn't disappointing at all for me and how many batteries did I lose in the uh, oh, that's right the you rain? lost three didn't you yeah I lost three batteries did I, did I cry not at all that was great but when I well, did explain how that minutes. happened were you in your tent and it just came down where you couldn't escape 
Oh no, man! I was on the I was on the front line. I was basically in front uh, watching the night show. They do a night show on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay. And it looked like it was going to rain, but not you know not really. They started the the night flying with the aeroshell aircraft, mm-hmm. and everything was going pretty good. And it started to sprinkle. Now I had brought with me uh, my poncho and a large plastic bag for my camera equipment, and so when it started to come down a little heavier. I just stuck my camera underneath my poncho, and I put a, the garbage bag over my entire camera bag. I didn't put it in the bag because I was opening it and getting stuff out. Well, it then, while we were standing, most people were standing by that point, when the, um, oh, gosh darn it, when the beach was flying, um, that's when the rain really came down. I mean, it was heavy, heavy pounding on us, and I picked up my bag because it was on the ground, and I just set it in my chair behind me, not not thinking. I just figured I was going to get it out of the grass. So I'm still taking pictures. They go ahead and do the, the wall of fire. I turn around and my chair is sitting in a, in water because it just, the, the seat folded down and it just it collected all the water and my camera bag, the bottom of my bag had all my batteries in it. So they got drenched and they shorted out. So I lost uh, several batteries, but I mean, I went home smiling. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, the wall of fire was a dud, but we all laughed, and you know, I don't think anybody was disappointed because it was just—it was interesting. It was wild to get back. It was so crowded, and people were, you know, muddy. But I mean, it was—it was an experience, and I—I I, I didn't feel like it uh, was a negative impact at all. And did you get some good night shots? It was hard. I think there is definitely in technology, the video cameras have a much better ability to capture light. And, and get that. I, I was trying, but I could not autofocus at all. I mean, I pretty much had one point during the uh, Saturday night show, I just set my camera on infinity and just tried to keep everything in the frame. So I put a couple online, if y'all saw them, and I'm, I'm happy with what I got. But there was a time, especially during that jet glider, I just put my camera gear down and enjoyed the show. That was so neat. Was that a night show or? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This, uh, Philip, do you remember the name of the pilot or the jet that was the, the glider jet? I wasn't there on Wednesday. No, Saturday. Oh, the guy that flew that glider down from way up high? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, the, I didn't catch. The, really, the only pilot I remember is that Sean D. Tucker guy that flies the Oracle because he likes, he's a nutcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was a glider with a jet engines on it? Okay. Yeah, it's a glider with a jet, and he was doing a whole bunch of you know uh, wonderful yeah. stunts maneuvers and had fireworks shooting out the wingtips. It yeah, was, it was very it, graceful and beautiful. Oh, nice. I mean, there were some other loud ones and you know other people doing stuff, but that was that was neat to just sit and watch and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah, and listen to the quietness. Yeah, I mean, there's some. So, music. did he only use the jet to climb, and then he shut it down for the routine? Uh, you know, you could hear him throttling it, but yeah. Oh, okay. It was and it. It wasn't like the uh, screaming Sasquatch jet. Oh, that's my favorite plane. There, I <laughs> love the, the biplane Sasquatch. The what? What? You've never <laughs> heard of the screen? You've got to look it up on YouTube, Fitz. It's a Waco, Waco, however you pronounce it. Let's not get in that argument. Waco. Um, <laughs> There's um, no argument. It's, it's, it's a it's a biplane with a nice radial engine on it with a little extra support, and they slung a jet motor underneath oh, it. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yes, oh, yes. it's it's my favorite. Plus, if you go I by have... their booth during the day, they give you bags and bags of beef jerky for free. I came home <laughs> with a whole pile. Wow. I have a photo of it. So I'll, I'll send you, if I haven't posted yeah, it, I'll, I'll make sure we put it up during this uh, episode. I love sitting at the air show when he's flying and you ask people around, have you ever seen this before? No. Nope. I said, just wait. And then you hear, <laughs> then he comes ripping by with, 
at ground level with the jet motor on and I just they're giggling because they don't know what else to do because it's just so funny. <laughs> That's one of my favorite pieces to see at the air show. You, you know, and, and let's let's talk about that. We were talking about, you know, what was disappointing, what was fun. But as far as aerobatics, <laughs> this is I'm trying not to sound insulting. I apologize. I I've seen lots of aerobatics, okay? I I don't it's it's very great and I, I I applaud them and it's entertaining and kudos to them. But the my, one of my favorite ones was uh the guy who tries to, you know, commandeer the the super cub. Yep. You know, oh, pretend like, like flying he's, farmer kind of thing. You yep. know, that guy yeah. was awesome. I have a great photo of him skimming the wingtip on the runway. Yep. <laughs> and you can see the little contrail coming, you know, of dust coming off his wingtip. It was so fun. And I had never seen, at least when I'd seen the show before, that he falls out of the airplane and has it do a, a high, you know, right turn spin and he, and it goes over him. <laughs> he falls out, the plane goes over him and then he tries to run away. I thought that was, I mean, that would just made me laugh. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I enjoyed some of those. There's a couple of those I like. That one green one from some composite company, the Game Bird or whatever. That one just does some freaky, crazy stuff. It's like an RC plane in the sky. And then there's the guy that flies the really old biplane that's only like rated to 3Gs or something like that from like way back in the 30s or 40s. And he does these just beautiful, graceful, slow maneuvers. It's nothing fancy. It's just... It's kind of like watching RC indoor where they're flying really slow and they're like just floating and just barely hanging in the air. That's kind of what it was like, except it was full scale. That's kind of neat for a different reason, but it's not many people would appreciate it probably. Yeah, you have to appreciate the energy management aspect of it, like yeah. a Bob Hoover show. Yeah. I never got to see a Bob Hoover show. I got to see him a little bit last year when they interviewed him. But um, I had never got to see him fly that I'm aware of. Yeah, they I did. saw him a couple of times as a kid. That was always neat. Yeah. They had a dedication for Bob Hoover during the event where they had mm -hmm. four planes. I guess he's flown in. Uh, a Saber. The, um, gosh darn it, what's the twin that he's famous for? Flying on one engine? The Shrike. The Shrike. The Shrike, yeah. yeah. And they did, a, they did a missing man for that one. That little uh, tribute. So that was neat. Was uh, Chuck Yeager there this year? I can't remember. I heard nothing about Chuck Yeager being there. They had the Apollo astronauts there. Yep. I remember seeing a few of those. There was another memorial over there in the P-51 area in the Warbirds. Did you see that? No. Oh, you mean for the gentleman who recently passed away? Yeah, it was like July 17th or something. He was a P-51 pilot. Vlad? Um, yeah, that guy. I, I didn't know who it was for, and then I got that little free newspaper they give you every day, and I'm home reading it, and they were talking about that, and it's like, ah. And then just the other day, I see an article where they were talking about his piloting skills. It's like, well, now I know who this dude was. So he flew uh, current P-51s or back in the day? No, current. He was like an air show pilot. Oh, okay. And um, he had a crash in a P-51 and passed away. Oh, his no. name is Vlad. He flew a P-51 named Baby Duck. Yep. And about two weeks prior to the show, he and a, a guest, uh, excuse me, uh, a, a lady who was part of an event they were attending, uh, for no no reason that we know of yet, uh, it crashed and, and killed them both. But they oh, had I this, saw something about that. And I have photos of it. In fact, I'm working on that gallery right now, my Tuesday gallery, where they had a place set out for him next mm -hmm. to the other row of P-51s. That's what I was talking a, about. A yeah. memorial for him. So I'll show photos of that, what Philip's talking about. That was, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. My most disappointing thing, since Lee talked about his most disappointing, was... Um, Last year, 
we got to see the guy interviewed in the Warbirds on review. Um, and he was supposed to be interviewed again this year on Wednesday, and it rained, so we didn't go because we didn't want to be stuck in the rain and miss, you know, not enjoy the day. But it was at Richard Cole, who was Doolittle's co-pilot. And they oh, interviewed yeah. him, and it was streamed live, so you probably could find it out there on the Internet. David Hartman from the old Good Morning America is a wonderful interviewer. He does all these interviews out there um, at the Warbirds on Review, and they have, you know, really nice production going out there. Well, they were interviewing him again this year. In September, the dude turns 102 years old. Wow. And he was there. I mean, Doolittle's co-pilot, for crying out loud. How awesome. Well, they, yeah. There can't be many of those guys left. No. He's the last one, I think. Oh, yeah, it was but, a great interview. I listened to it. And then they yeah. had all the B-25s fly for him. I was I was wondering is, if he is in such bad health, could he even get... How cool would it have been for him to be in with B-25 on one of those days in the air show, just sitting in a back seat somewhere? It's he like, was pretty oh, hunched yeah. over, but boy, he had some funny jokes. Oh, he they, had some funny <laughs> stories when I heard him last year. And he was pretty pretty bright and pretty with it. Um, and I remember it's like, wow. It's like the story. Last year when he was on there, they had two B-25s parked there, and it was unbearably hot, and there was nowhere to sit. The stands were packed. And so my wife and I, we went and sat under one of the B-25s and leaned up against the wheel and tried to dodge the oil drips. <laughs> but were you was, successful? It was, yeah, we stayed dry. But it was, it was neat because we're sitting there like leaning up against the B-25 exactly like the plane this guy had flown. And the stories he was telling, how he got caught in a tree and when they landed in China and how they weren't supposed to make it to China, but they did because of a tailwind. And some of the stories, and he had some humor thrown in. It was just hilarious. And it was that was a highlight of all my Oshkoshes. I've only been to three, but of the stuff I've seen, that was a highlight. And this year, I was so looking forward to seeing them again, and the rain sucked on Wednesday. Oh, it's just yeah. bad. Yeah, it's, some of those guys went through hell after they landed or really bailed out. None of them. Only one landed. I won't give it away what happened, but uh, the rest of them had to bail out. And uh, it was uh, pretty, pretty... Uh, gut wrenching what some of those guys had to go through. Yeah. So. Yeah, one way mission. Yeah, they, they pretty much knew it. Well, they kind of didn't know what their mission was until basically around the ship on the on the way over. Then they said, "Oh yeah, this is what you're going to be doing." What are all these B twenty fives doing on the? Uh, <laughs> 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 Something's not right. <laughs> Anyways, all right. This is an RC podcast, so what RC stuff happened there? I had heard last year watching the, some of the webcams and reading some of the articles that there was RC flying there. To me, it, I, I never would have thought they would have allowed it. So trying to ignore what I know now, but I was like, where would you do that? Is there like a place to the side? I mean, are they going to let you fly during the... I, I was like, I, I was confused, but I heard flight test was there. I heard they flew... I said, well, I, I'm going to bring one of my Thunder and Lightnings. I brought my John Deere version, and you know, I had it in the car and just put it in there and said, I'll, I'll see if I can find something. And I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but once I got there Sunday, uh, <laughs> this is how I'll get to the RC part, Terry. When I got there Sunday and I found my campsite and I set up, all I did, kind of like Philip, was I got on my bike, had my iPhone, left all my camera gear in my truck, and said, I'm just going to go around and get familiar with the place. And then, like, 
10 hours later do I get back to camp <laughs> because I'm finding all these neat places. And one of the things I wanted to do was find out where this RC place was and, and heard it was at the museum, which is a, a bit off to the, the far north and northwest, I guess, yeah. and some, across some streets. And I wasn't sure, but it took me a while to get there. And then I saw where they were flying. Now, some of the people I talked to who were just some security people weren't sure, but they kind of said, well, I think it happens here. And so uh, after I spoke to someone else and they said, yeah, there, there's a, a club that, that does something between six and eight, I guess it's, you know, after six o'clock, um, that's when I, I headed over there with my thunder and lightning around, I guess it was Tuesday, um, and, and went over there and, and got to fly. There was about eight other people there, uh, like half planes, half uh, quadcopters, and it was fun. It was beautiful weather. The sun was, you know, off to the left, so it was really, you know, nice and easy to fly. Had a great time doing that. And, you know, they just, they were there like it was no big deal. But for me, it was like, wow, I'm flying at the, the largest scale air show, and I'm flying model airplanes. Yep. I went on, I brought a plane on Thursday to fly, and it was cool because, uh, well, after I got yelled at my wife for making turns I probably shouldn't take to get to where I had to be in the car, um, I pull up and I pull my timber out, which was probably a little on the big side for that area, but it flies so nice and I wasn't worried about it. So I get out of the car and I pull my timber out and I walk up and register and I start setting my plane up and this little kid comes up, nice plane, and the little kid's walking by with a timber. And lo and behold, the kid had the same flight test shirt on that I had on. So, of course, I had to get a picture with my twin in our twin planes. And um, we had a good crowd flying there that night. We had, there's a couple of times I was flying, I bet there was six or seven planes in the air. And there's probably 15, 20 people there hmm. flying. And they had a quad course set up, a race course set up too. I was just worried one of those quads was going to go ripping and fly right through my timber. <laughs> But uh, they did pretty good. There was a few spots where somebody was flying. That didn't, there was one person, I guess, had bought a Vortex 250 at one of the booths, and they were out there trying to learn to fly it. And they, like, take their box and stick it out in the middle of the field, and they sit out there while you're trying to fly around and put the battery in. And it's like, would you guys get out of the way so I can fly? And um, I was worried they were going to accidentally blip the throttle and cut right through somebody. But nothing, no carnage that I saw. That's good. Yeah, with one of those vortexes, it wouldn't take long to be up and out of sight. No, no. But there were some even faster ones there, but they were the really – those guys were hardcore. I'm not that yeah. good. But um, I know the flight test guys actually out at their RVs, they tiny whooped around for a while. They got their tiny whoops and goggles out and was flying through the RVs and under them and over them and around people. And So that's – if you're camping, if you ever go again, Lee, take one of those little tiny mini quads and, you know, a pair of goggles or something. You can have a good time in the campground. Well, some guy was flying a little uh, UMX biplane around. I kept swatting at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to add. I'm going to add to the discussion about the RC. Not knowing about it, I was kind of thinking it was part of the airport. Really, the museum is further off to the left. They do um, provide the helicopter rides in that area, but after six o'clock. It's an open field, very nice field, yes. and it's also the same area where they do Kid Venture. Now, I didn't really know anything about Kid Venture when I when I went there, and I just thought it would be a small little area, but it was really neat. I, I'm not sure I can put it into words. I'll have I'll have a lot of photos that I took of this, but if you have kids, you've never been to Oshkosh. This was a great little area to take kids, mm -hmm. uh, and one of the I guess, little special moments for me is that an RC group 
excuse me, a RC club, rather, because uh, had two sections set up. They had an RC flying, and they had a U-control area. Mm-hmm. And the U-control was not meant for kids to try, but to, it was more for demonstration. But not only did they do, uh, like, combat and speed, but they had this guy, an older gentleman, doing uh, pattern, you know, aer- aerobatics. And it just reminded me of my dad. My dad was way into U-control, and he... He just loved the lazy flying. I, I I had this picture in my head of my dad when he used to fly a Sig Twister, and he'd have a cigarette in his mouth, his left hand in his pocket, and he would just fly in that thing like it was, you know, magic. I just remember that, and he was the he was the happiest when he was doing that. And this old man was kind of doing all the stuff like that. And and I have a nice photo. I think you may have seen Terry. I think I put it on our forum, or I just posted it for on Raviation. But I love that photo. Because it, it kind of reminds me of my dad, and it shows the whole area of, of kid venture. And so there is a nice area for kids to hang out and and see some really cool planes. There's some hangars back there that are nice. And mm-hmm. then the museum put out a lot of their static aircraft on out on the uh, well, I say on the on the grass, but in the fields area. And that's where the the P thirty eight I did see the the Marge replica they have of of, of Dick Bond's P thirty eight. So. You know, some really nice aircraft out there. A lot of fun. I think kids enjoyed being out there, and it was for me. It was uh, it was neat to see that because it's a good way to promote aviation. Yeah, last year at that U control area, they were actually letting people fly the planes with the help of a, you know, an assistant. And it's like it's mostly kids, but it's like, hey, I used to fly these when I was a kid. I can do that. So I walk up there, and they were these chloroplast planes with nitro engines on them, and they were built like tanks. <laughs> and I guess they had it figured out. They had a tiny gas tank on it, and they would gas it up between each flight, and it was good for seven laps. And they just they had it set. And so I'm out there. I told oh, I used to do this. I said, but I could have flown that plane, but the guy would not take his hand off the controls, and all I could do was just make him let him make me keep it level and not have any fun. So, um, but I got a pair of wings when I left. They gave me a pair of little. <laughs> Did you stuff the donation box? Is that how you got <laughs> kick some kid down on the ground? Say, excuse me, kid, I'm next. No, they did. It was just a little line there. You just kind of signed up and uh, signed a little waiver that you understood there could be some danger or something, I think. And then when you got done, they gave you a little set of kids' wings like you get on an airplane. Oh. I've done cool. that before. Uh, I was at an event. I was helping some guys out, and I, I actually had a couple of electric control line planes. And the kids really liked it. They even just going around in circles. They had a great time. Just uh, it's something they'd never done before, experience. And so it was just it was pretty amazing to see expression on their face of just flying this little plane around in a circle. It's a good way to introduce them into modeling. Yep, that's how I learned. Maybe I missed the opportunity, or you know, didn't see those kids doing it. But I, I there were a lot of people watching and, and having fun, and, and that, was, that, that was entertaining for me too. Yeah. Hey, Philip, did you happen to hang out over at uh, Ultralights? I went over there one day for the first time. I've been there. It's my third year, and I finally got to the ultralight area because my wife and I decided just to walk down there. Um, and we were down there either Thursday or Friday, and um, we were down maybe 45 minutes, an hour, just to see some of the planes because I know they had the stall planes over there and ultralights. And in a past life, when I was first married back in the early 80s, I actually worked at a factory that built ultralights. And I actually got to fly in one, and I got about 10 hours airtime in one way back in the 80s. Um, and so I've always been fascinated by them and always thought they were cool. And so I, we took a journey over there, and 
um, sat in the bleachers and watched them take off and land a few times. And some guy comes by, who, anybody in the stands want to ride on that plane? I said, I will. And he said, you got 60 bucks? And I said, if I'm spending 60 bucks, I'm riding the tri-motor. <laughs> I'm riding a piece of history if I'm going to spend that much money. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty expensive for an ultralight. It uses, what, a, couple, a gallon of gas or something? Be- yeah, it was, it was a neat plane, but... Um, you know, I, I just wanted to see it because that was part of my life in the past. And I sort of kind of knew what was some of that stuff was like. And um, mm. there was a couple planes there very similar to the ones I used to build. So that was kind of fun. Mm. And I bumped into flight test guys for the second time there that day. And what impressed me the most is I saw Austin. I didn't see him the first day. So I saw him walking down the ultralight area and go, Austin Fury. And I go over and introduce myself. And I said, I met you last year. at the, I didn't tell him who I was. I just said, I, I came by your booth last year because I was trying to get them to look at Pro Adrenaline. And I told him who I was. Oh, yeah. I said, he knew my name. The guy remembered my name from a five-minute encounter last year when he was passing through the booth with his wife and kid in tow. It was like, holy smokes. Well, how hard is it for us to remember Lee Ray? I mean, come on. Yeah, I know he was on your podcast too. <laughs> I saw I saw him Friday. Actually, uh, to to bring that full circle, I I hung out at the Ultralights on Friday, and that was neat. I did not know anything about it. I kind of just figured there was a place where planes sat, and I didn't really understand that there. You know, after the air show, these guys would do patterns and you know give a lot of kids flights, and it was so neat to see all these planes. I actually posted a video. Uh, I had a great time. I sat on the. Uh, the bleachers there for an hour because I heard that's a, it's a good seat and I was right it was standing room only to watch these guys fly and uh, while I you know while I was waiting that's where I saw uh, Josh Bixler in, in Austin and I have a nice photo I took of their group because we just were, were chatting and you know appreciated for them all all the work they do and you know how they promote aviation it was neat and uh, you know, I'm glad I was hanging over there at the right time yeah it was it was fun I enjoyed the short takeoff and landing planes the bush planes because. Um, my timber, I've, I've been flying RC planes for a while. My timber is the first really nice scale looking designed cool plane that I've actually spent serious money on. And I'm telling you, I've never been sorry I spent it. I just, I can go and fly that plane for hours and never get tired. And I've just fallen in love with that whole bush plane, slow fly, take off and landing in a short field. I just fallen in love with that. And I just could have sat there all day and watched those planes come and go, but you know, there's too many things that Oshkosh pulling at you, but that was the reason I wanted to go is to see those planes. Oshkosh pulling at you. That sounds like a good. <laughs> cool. I might have got the title. Yes. So, anyway, that was some of my fun stuff. Sounds like you guys had a fantastic time there. We actually paid for a we we bought three days worth of tickets and we we're having so much fun. We had a little extra money. We decided to buy a fourth day on day three, so we came back. So we were there Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And um, that was the most we had ever done. And we still didn't get to see some stuff. We never could show up at the right time to get the tram tour in the Warbirds area. We never got to see it. You know, someday I'm going to get out to the seaplane base. Never I, made it out to, I made it out to seaplane on Friday. So right before the uh, Blue Angels flew, I took a, the bus out there. And it was very quiet because uh it was just too choppy yeah uh, lake winnebago was just too much too hard so people were just sitting around talking and I, I took some photos it was neat to go out there and you know the air cam is a i'm thinking about planes i'm i'm, I'm memorying excuse me i'm 
remembering since I went out there. You know, there's our people talk about RVs and stuff like that, but the the air cam was a very popular plane because out at sea base they had one on floats, and then at the ultralight sections they had two flying rides. Yeah. So very popular plane. Not not to be a downer, but did you see that there was a fatality at the seaplane area? I did. I have a. I can tell you what I heard uh, from someone who uh, who works out there. My friend Ross. He said that this guy had come in and uh, damaged his plane on landing, lost one of his pontoons possibly, and they did a quick repair and suggested he wait uh, a little while, and he said, now I can do it, and supposedly packed his uh, crew and started taking off, and that thing broke off, the wing dipped, and uh, unfortunately, they had a fatality. One of the passengers died. Yep, and the next day on the news, the plane was completely underwater, and they couldn't get it out because the water was too choppy to send barges out to lift it. It's it's pretty messy. Oh wow! Pretty and messy. On Saturday, during right before, well, I, a lot of people were leaving. A lot of excuse me, airplanes were leaving Saturday. Uh, some guy did a ground loop, tore up his landing gear, but it was you know nothing major. I didn't get photos of it, but uh, what, what what kind of plane was that? You told me what it was. Oh, you know what I. Ross texted it to me, but I, I lost my... That's another story. Uh, I don't have my my texts here, so... Well, whatever kind of plane it was, when they pulled it off, it had polyhedral on it. I wanted the wings. Oh, wow. <laughs> stock <laughs> Field mod? It's a feature. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, it was minor. Yeah, it, you know, it was, there was a lot of work to fix that, but uh, it looked like a plane with a three channel for rc so lee goes and buys this expensive painting i bought an expert at one of the expert. hobby spots from horizon hobby that was my big oh, expert i bought the expert rc plane as kind of my treat as my big expenditure at the oh, nice. event you get you get a chance to fly yeah. it yeah i've had a f- chance to fly it a couple of times it's a fun little booger yeah i've been flying mine actually my review of it went up today um yeah, it's a hoot. Yeah. It wasn't exactly what I expected it to be. Because, at least for me, there's there was uh, some mental transition that has to take place, because I'm used to flying 3D airplanes somewhat, and when you're taken off, it looks like a 3D airplane, but it's really a multi rotor. Yeah. So the roll and the yaw are reversed, and uh, every time. The first flight of the day, it takes me a, a second to get used to it. See, I, I fly about half and half, multi-rotor and half planks. And, uh-huh. you know, Lee was telling me he thought that was going to, he didn't like that. He thought it was going to, it's like, when it's in multi-rotor mode, I just, my brain says this is what it's going to do. I, I have not had trouble with my, my biggest problems have come two places. One, um, when you actually are trying to control it in multi-rotor mode and you hit the flight mode to make it go into flight. You're not supposed to have your hands on any of the sticks. Just let it do its thing. And I've caught myself a couple of times trying to fly something in multi-rotor mode or or correct something while I'm hitting the transition switch. And the other thing is I learned if you have it in acro mode and try and transition out of multi-rotor mode with the acro switch on or whatever, it can get really crazy on you. But otherwise, it's it's a fun little flying plane. It rolls like super fast yeah and acro mode on four rates it's a blur yeah it rolls really fast and i was out flying the other night just because i had a few minutes and i had nothing going on i had a little break i took it out and um i was practicing really slow rolls and it trying to maintain that straight line 
because I, I suck at 3D. I love it. I just, I'm no good at it because I never really oh, yeah. practice. And it's like, this little plane's going to be mine to learn to roll really slow and get that muscle memory down. So I'm looking forward to enjoying it that way. So it's a fun little flyer, though. Yeah, and the yaw authority with the differential thrust is quite good. Yes, when you're on full rate mode, it, it, it will turn pretty fast. And I've also learned when you kick it from uh, stabilized mode to rate mode, if you have your hand at all on the aileron stick, when you flip that switch, that sucker will go right into a dive really fast. <laughs> Oops. But it's a it's it's really is a nice flying plane. Um, I the kid I fly drones with out there was out the other night and I let him fly it and I had just taught him to fly a little three channel Super Cub with a brushed motor on it and I said here try this. He's a drone flyer so he had no problem taking off. So now flip the switch. He flew it around in safe mode a couple of times and brought it in and landed. Had no problem whatsoever. Oh great. Yeah, I wonder, because, you know, it's got those winglets on it, but they're not really functional winglets, no. so really landing gear. So I wonder if it has to stabilize itself in yaw for forward flight. Yeah, I don't with know. The, with the gyros. I think so, because even in calm wind, when you're flying along at two-thirds, three-quarter throttle, you can hear them surging. Yeah. So it's got to be using the motors, you know, and that's one thing that's kind of annoying. You You can barely detect it if you're watching it. But you hear the, ee, 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 ee. you can hear them pushing mm. each other. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, it's always doing something. Right, always it's, it's a it's a fun little plane though. But the thing that really ticks me off is two days after I get home, they announced the UMX Timber, which I would have much rather had. <laughs> and it's like, well, now I got no money. Uh, well, <laughs> so that's your on, time will come. That's on the Christmas list. Yeah, I was gonna say Christmas is coming. Yep. So. Right, so, Lee, did you weigh yourself before you left for Oshkosh and then when you came back? <laughs> you know, I was really doing good. I figured as, as many miles as I walked. <laughs> and, and by the way, I ruined my shoes, so I've already had to throw away my tennis shoes. Cause you wore out a pair of shoes? <laughs> I wore out my shoes. <laughs> good gravy. And I will, I will tell you, I, I think Skechers are awesome. <laughs> they're, they're nice and cushiony, but yeah, I wore out a sole on one of my shoes. Uh, no, I did not. I'm, I'm the same weight, but I, it's not like someone fed me cinnamon rolls, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took care of him pretty good on Saturday morning. He was sitting up there with his wagon on the flight line and I found him and I says, Hey, can you hold our, we wanted to go do some walking and he was staying said, can we put our chairs in your wagon? He said, sure. And he said, so you're basically asking me to hold your chairs and you're abandoning me for the day. And I said, no, we'll be back. And we had just gone. There's a little hangar restaurant um, down the way that in the morning has the best bargain around, a cinnamon roll and coffee for, you know, cinnamon rolls, three bucks, coffee's two. And the cinnamon rolls are like six inches square by two inches high. They're just wow, massive. Wow. And so my wife and I would split one and got a cup of coffee. And we says, oh, you want a cinnamon roll and coffee, Lee? Well, we'll buy it for you. Sure. I come back and I, he almost died when he saw it. It was like as big as his head. <laughs> I did not finish it. It was a huge cinnamon roll. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty right. funny. So, for my education, what kind of money does it take to to do the Oshkosh experience in terms of ticket prices per day and then to feed yourself and all that? Ticket prices, if you're a member, I learned two years ago. If you're going to go for three days, it comes out cheaper to pay a $50 membership. To EAA? To EAA, and then you get like $12 or $13 off your ticket. I think my tickets were $33 a day, 
because I didn't buy the all-week pass next year. If we think we're going to go four days, I think it might be cheaper to buy a full week, even if we don't use it all the time. But my tickets, I believe, were $33 a day, and that's because I'm a member. Okay. And then for me, I didn't have to worry about lodging because I stayed at home, and it was just gas four times in a row, four days for 90-minute drive out there and back. And then food for my wife and I was generally about 20 to $25 every meal we ate there. But we would take stuff in with us. We'd take like a sandwich. So they let you bring food in. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Some people were coming in with coolers, for crying out loud. Those people that were sitting next to you on Saturday on down there on the flight line, they had a full-on 50-gallon cooler, I think, with wheels on it and had it stocked full of food and drinks. Well, it was a square one. I don't think it was as big as, as you think, but I know All some right. people were questioning how they got that one in when they were supposed to be a little smaller, but I guess it's who you bribe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, you can bring some food in. So we would bring, well, we, we, what we did is we ate lunch there and we had food in the car and we would eat our dinner on the way home. We'd have a sandwich and whatever in the car. So that saved us some money, but meals in the place themselves, you can figure is at least 10 to $12 a person for just about every meal that's your regular fr- burger fries and a drink. Right. And that's not bad. It's so going I went away. to an event this last weekend at the New Era Stadium, which is the Buffalo Bills Stadium, and it was $5 for a bottle of water. Like, come on. Oh, no. It was cheaper for water here than it was a, a football or a baseball game. Yeah, I think it was 2 or $3 right. for a bottle two of water. Bucks. Yeah. Two bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's reasonable. You expect to pay a little more and stuff like that. Yeah. But. There was a few gems around. If you knew where, if you did a little research and off the beaten path you could find a couple of restaurants that weren't all burgers and fries like over in the warbirds area there was an italian place where you could get pasta and alfredo and and stuff like that and the place we were at where we got the big cinnamon roll their lunch you know you could get a burger a chicken sandwich and fries and it was a massive amount of fries more than a single person can eat but they would also throw in a member meal if you remember you got it for like 12 bucks it was like a burger, fries, and they would actually throw in a cookie or a brownie, and these things were as big as the cinnamon roll, <laughs> plus a drink. So for 12 bucks, that wasn't bad. And we just put the yeah, cookie that, and cinnamon roll, or the cookie and brownie, in our bag and took it home with us and ate it a few days later. Cool. So nobody went hungry? No. I don't know what it's like camping, though. Do they have a real, like a store, or do you have to go out to get everything, Lee? No, they had a, a barn store. In fact, I was... Going to say if I wrote a little, uh, you know, my own blog or my own story, one thing you've got to, you know, account for is ice. You know, I had oh, to get yeah. ice every other day or every day to, you know, keep in my cooler for my drinks because, you know, I just had cereal at my at my tent and I went to the Walmart across the street from my hotel in Beloit, Wisconsin. Uh, that's where I went before uh, for that Broadhead mm-hmm. uh, airport to see the Peaton Pole. So I went to Walmart first and packed up a whole bunch of stuff. But I mean, I still ate at the airport and I didn't feel like I was being ripped off at all and in fact I was going to say the the busiest place I noticed was in vintage was the subway there was a line at the subway counter all day and I don't think they were charging any well maybe a little bit more but that seemed to be the the hot spot um, but I didn't go to Oshkosh thinking I was going to watch my budget <laughs> <laughs> just, well, yeah. sure. Yeah, you don't want a nickel and dime. Here. I mean, if you're if you're doing that, there's other ways. Yeah, you could make your own meals and stuff. But I, you know, I I, I really I am surprised I do not weigh ten pounds less, Terry. <laughs> much bike riding and walking, and really, I drink a lot of water. Uh, I, I didn't lose any weight. Um, 
But no, this it was actually very fair. And even some of the vendors who were selling, you know, trinkets and stuff, you know, it wasn't like their shirts were thirty bucks. You know, no. I, I picked up several shirts that I I thought were fair. Yeah, they were what twelve, fifteen bucks for a, a basic T-shirt. They weren't too yeah. bad. Yeah, okay, nothing bad. All right, that's all good. Yeah, we bought a. I bought an EAA hat because. I had one of those flying hats, you know, a baseball hat with the flaps on the back, and the thing just didn't breathe and let no air in. So I bought an EAA straw, like, golf hat. And so then I started buying pins to put on it. So I probably came home with seven or eight pins on my hat already. So I we were always looking for something new. And a couple places you went, like I went to Jack Link's booth, and they had a virtual reality flight in the Screaming Sasquatch. And so I sat and did that, and I got a pair of wings when I left, so that went on my hat, and I got a couple like that. So <laughs> you got all kinds of wings. Oh yeah, I we we walked around the place. We've hardly ever stopped to do any one thing for an entire day, like Lee did on the flight line. We just kind of would walk around, and every day we went to through the Warbirds area at least for a few minutes just to see what was going on. Over in the vintage area, Lee could tell you they have like sections like. This is all this plane. This is all this plane. These are all the Cubs. This is all, you know, this and this. And there would be like five, six, seven, eight, nine of these planes sometime that people flew in. Um, and they would all be parked in a row, and, you know, with the things hanging on the props telling you all about them. And we were looking at one plane. It's like, this is a cute little plane, and it's for sale. And it was like a front-back seater, you know, a two-seater. And it was like. Son of a gun, that sucker's only $30,000, ready to go. It's like, that's a pretty good price. You can hardly build an ultralight for $30,000, a nice one. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that I thought that was a really fair price when compared to when you go over to the Warbirds and they want $300,000 or a million for them. You know? I guess it's supply and demand. Yeah, but this, this was, I don't know how, it had to be an older plane because it was vintage, but it had the silk covering and it was covered and... You know, it was kind of a Cub style type plane. Had a small, looked like a radio, small radial on the front. But it was thirty thousand dollars, and it's like, am I seeing that right? I even took a picture of the sticker in the window because I couldn't believe that's all it was. So I was surprised by that. Motivated seller. He's trying to change the spark plugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I had and this. Mopping up oil. <laughs> Well, I have this opportunity, speaking of vintage, and Philip was talking about all the different rows of airplanes. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Ross Gressley, who uh, has been a, uh, a volunteer at Oshkosh. And I hope I don't get this wrong, but I think he said 38 years. Wow. I mean, he, he might either correct me because it's too much, or he's going to say, what do you mean 38? That's 42. <laughs> but he was so generous to give me advice and tips about that facility, you know, Tell me, tell me about where to go, what to try, the, the trams. He said, you know, get get working on that tram system really quick because it'll make your, your walking a lot easier where you need to go. And he was right. Uh, but I took one of his tour rides, uh, Philip, that we, we went up and down the rows of all those aircraft. Yeah. And that was so cool. And he just spat it out like, you know, he probably could have just closed his eyes and, and told you exactly what was, you know. Yeah, I didn't know they had a vintage tram tour ride. I just thought they had trams that went up and down so you didn't have to walk as much i've done the tram tour last year over in the warbirds and it's the same way I had some old guy in the back narrating the tour and they're going by you know the p51s b20 people know those but then you get over into the cubs and some of these other planes that were obscure and maybe not really well known but they had a purpose in the war and they're rattling off they'll yeah that one right there it was this and this and then 
It's like, where do you know all this stuff? You know, it's yeah. like, man, and it's it, they had the same thing in the Warbirds. And so next year on our list, the first thing we're going to do is go on the Warbird tram tour. And then we want to do the vintage one. I didn't know there was one. And when you told me about it, it's like, well, that's going on my list for next year. Yeah, get in line and ask for Ross. He was great. I mean, I really enjoyed all his stories. Do I remember all of it? No, but I I'm took photos <laughs> of almost everything he pointed at and figured that was important. <laughs> so yeah. it'll be in my gallery. I'm going to name drop if I find them. <laughs> you do that. Well, that was great. I it w- it felt personalized, so that was yeah. uh, that was nice. Did you go to the uh, you worked you worked at the REA not the EA the AMA tent one day, right? I did. I went there oh, that yeah! day. I was hoping to bump into you and you must have already been done because you weren't there. Uh, I did the evening shift, so it would have been the um, one to five. Mm, I'm not sure when I was so, that you weren't there. How did that go? You were the the, the front line of the AMA for several hours. <laughs> I you were the face I of the control. AMA. <laughs> I've been holding this story from you and Fitz. Did you have the official flyer and then Lee's edited flyer? Uh, uh, so here's here's what I wanted to share with you guys. You know, I get there. I got there early, but they got me my shirt, and I was I was killing some time because I didn't have a lot of stuff planned for Thursday. But I get there, and I'm just sitting down. And we're talking, and I was like, "Say, well, what do I need to do?" Well, their booth is uh, Flight Simulator, you know, seven five. And they're really trying to get kids to come do the flights in there. They had free magazines out for people who wanted them. And, you know, I was pretty much told, hey, it's going to be slow. Uh, you know, usually when the show starts, not many people are going to be here. So, you know, people show up, feel free to answer questions. But, you know, there's nothing you really have to do. But as soon as my shift started, I kid you not, like 1.01 <laughs> p.m., this uh, this pilot was... The bus pulls up. <laughs> no, no. no it, empties it, out the Boy Scouts. It was positive. Don't, don't, don't let me mislead you. But there was a gentleman who was flying the flight simulator, and he was uh, walking out with his wife and uh, at, was looking at the magazines, and I said, well, you know, if you can have a magazine. And <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you at all. The first thing I was like, so what are we going to do about this drone problem? <laughs> and I looked at him and said, I'm the guy you want to talk to. <laughs> Pull the chair. Pull the chair, buddy. <laughs> He's a pilot. He's a full-scale pilot. And that was his comment to me. You know, I, I really couldn't speak on behalf of the AMA, but I did do a little chuckle to myself. And he and I had a nice conversation. I'm not not joking. We sat for maybe 10 minutes. His wife was probably frustrated as heck because I was stalling him. But we, we had a nice conversation and just going back and forth. And we both agreed on, you know, what is realistic, you know, in the challenge, what should be done, why are we being so silly with the registration database? I mean, it was a good conversation. And I just, I was laughing. It's like, man, I hope they're all like this because I'm, I'm on my game. Um, and, and we looked, so that wasn't the guy on the forum? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, where's I heard Lee Ray's gonna be here at Oshkosh. <laughs> I mean, no, this is it was a good conversation. Uh, you know, we both left thinking, yeah, there's there's got to be some realistic laws, regulations made versus just a uh, silly registration database. And uh, it, but it made me laugh because I I just thought of Terry and Fitz as soon as this guy started the conversation. I was like, why am I not recording this? <laughs> when I uh, went there, there was two guys sitting in the tent and then I walked up to the simulator and there was like 
like one other person in there. And I walk in and there's this husband and wife and they're probably my age or older, like mid to late 50s, early 60s. And the lady saw flight tests. I love those guys. And I said, they're just right over there in the ultralight area. She dropped what she was doing. Her husband told her to leave. She wanted to go meet the flight test gang. She's like 60 years old. You know, it's like, well, they have groupies. I thought that yeah. was the coolest thing. And she ran over there because I said, yeah, they were, I just saw them over there. I, I talked to them and I, they, were, they were walking around filming stuff. So then I got on a, they had the simulators out and they had a bunch of high wing trainers and then they had one with the Oracle biplane. So I said, I'm going to fly the Oracle biplane. So. You know, I, I took it off, and the guy's talking to me. I take it off, and I go into a hover, and I hold it there for things. Eh, you know what you're doing, don't you? I said, oh, yeah, I've been flying a little bit, you know, and then I tried to come in and land a few times, and I just flew for like five minutes. Okay, I'm good. I left. <laughs> I just wanted to get my fix, you know, but it was it was fun. There were a lot of, there were a couple of adults just sitting there wanting to fly. <laughs> and, and then there were some kids that were there for uh, over an hour just flying. Really? It was very slow after that. When that guy left, that was my, that was my last uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, everything, everything else was just the people who were, who were volunteering. And it wasn't unpleasant. I mean, I, I yeah. wish we had, you know, more people, but they did say it's going to be, you know, dead and, you know, we're, we're lucky if we get anybody to sign up. But I, I, I'm glad I did it. I don't feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of photos and talked to some people and got some interesting stories uh, set my way. But I did love and that you, first conversation. And you didn't miss any P-38s. <laughs> <laughs> After you signed up, you said, oh, if they have P-38s flying while I'm over there. I, I, you know what, though, Terry? I told him exactly that. I said, I just want you to know. I don't mean to be rude, but if I see or hear a P-38, I'm going to leave. <laughs> but alas, it did not happen. Right after I left there, um, there was a little tent right next to it with a simulator for a paramotor. And oh, there was cool. like a dad and his son in there. And it's like my wife, she looked at me and she said, you want to do that, don't you? And I go, Yeah. So I uh, I waited my turn in lines like five minutes. She got like a minute and a half in it. The old the dad in front of me, he was doing everything he wasn't supposed to do. And the guy saying, see, you shouldn't be pulling this and pulling just gently. And it's like, so I get in there and I'm flying. He says, oh, and you push that button, you fire missiles. And it's like, I just want to fly. So I'm up there. And all of a sudden I see stuff. So I'm firing missiles and shooting stuff. And But it was... Uh, it was fun. It was it was a neat experience. It, they even had a fan in the front of it blowing wind in your face so you feel like you're flying. <laughs> um, I don't want to know where they stow a missile on a paraglider. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just a fun video game. But you literally, while you're flying, because they had, you know, like Oculus Rift glasses on, you could literally look <sighs> around everywhere and see stuff. And just like in the Jack Link's virtual thing. They said, look around while you're flying. I mean, you could look back and see the tail, and you could look down and up. and It was it was very, very cool. I did something like was that it? on one of my, my recent trip. I, they had a basically a seat. It was a kind of a cutout of a, like a SE-5 biplane, World War One biplane. And so you sat in this thing, and you, you wore the, like the Oculus Rift uh, VR glasses, and it was a full-motion cockpit. But it was mechanical, so you had to sort of strong arm this thing around. But as you're flying around, you're looking around, and it was surprisingly effective, even though it was a little hard to move the seat sometimes. But it was a lot of fun. You're just flying around, shooting at blimps or something like that. And uh, the VR really made the made it really fun to do. You didn't shoot your rudder so, off, did you? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, son. They got me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Fitz. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> there was a couple booths or tents there along where all the new plane vendors and stuff were. Was it Redbirds or something? And it was a company <clears throat> that did flight simulators. And they had the full-on simulators where you sit in them. And they had a whole bunch of them where you, like, really? sit in the box, you know, completely yeah. immersed in it. And you could just, I guess, walk in and try it. And it's like, I so wanted to do it. But it's like, I'm so never going to be a pilot. It just wouldn't be fair <laughs> for me to go in and do that. Plus, you know, so I kind of restrained myself and didn't do it. But it's like, that would have been cool. <laughs> you should have tried it. Yeah, maybe next year if they're there, I may I may tell my wife I want to try it. So just, or just peek in and see how long. It takes, and am I really going to get to do it? And are they going to ask me for sixty dollars like they did at the ultralight? <laughs> right, they don't ask you till you get up there, oh, or when you get out. Yeah. By the way, that'll be sixty bucks. Yeah. Hey, so. Fitz. Yeah. You've been inside the uh, Space Center Museum, Space Center Houston. Yes. So, do you know those little like uh, I say three or four simulators they have of like uh, P fifty one fighter combat fighters, little simulators that are right next to the theater. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, you know they're 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 movable. They can do a whole three sixty spin. Yeah, yeah, the full motion simulators. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they had one downstairs at the EAA museum. Funny, you just made me think about it, Philip. But <laughs> when I was walking by, there were some kids lined up to do it, and this one kid got that thing upside down, and he couldn't get out of it upside down because I think once he was inverted <laughs> and the seatbelt maybe came loose, he wasn't able to push the control stick back around. So for the <laughs> longest time, he was just shooting, and everybody was laughing. He was just holding the button down, <laughs> trying to fly upside down <laughs> to those little things. Now I've got to go to the museum because I want to do that. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. You should, I, I, my son Austin and I did the one at Space Center Houston. That was fun. You can have two people in it at the same time. We'll probably plan a trip there this winter because we're members, so we can get in for free. So we'll probably make that a little winter day trip for us. Oh, nice. I liked it. Hey, so Fitz, Terry, are there any other questions uh, you guys had about this trip or you know stuff you wanted to ask now that I'm back? Have I forgotten anything? <laughs> I have one more question. Uh-oh. So it was, what, a 20-hour drive from Houston to, to Oshkosh? The actual driving, yeah. Yeah. So did the trip home feel longer, or did it fly by? I do not like driving in Oklahoma. I'm going to start with that. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> Just right off the bat, don't drive through Oklahoma. All Texas say that. Slowest. I mean, it wasn't like the roads were bad or there was construction. I mean, it just seemed to take forever to get through Oklahoma. And mainly because there were these towns that I'd get into and they lasted forever, but they were like 35 mile an hour speed zones for the longest time. And I guess living in Texas, I'm used to doing 75. You do a town for, you know, 35 for a little bit and then you're your jet setting again but oklahoma just took forever so my trip up there wasn't too bad because i went from houston to, to uh, joplin missouri and then stayed in beloit wisconsin before doing the peaton bowl but it was a long trek back because i went to oshkosh and i decided to stay in kansas city but the kansas city trip back you know then going through oklahoma i decided to stay in dallas uh stay with my sister-in-law there which was great because i really what that just was that leg was very hard. And then Dallas to Houston was nothing. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of, were you just so excited by the recent experiences and your your mind was all busy? Well. Or were you just pooped from a week that of would have been hard? Me. 
partying. That would have been <laughs> I, just so giddy from the experience. I was very excited. I did leave though with this statement, and I'm not sure if I had shared if I shared this with you and and Fitz just you know privately when I got back. What I took from this event is that I've always wanted to go, and I'm glad I went, and I would never change that. Uh, it was exciting. It was it was a dream come true. Uh, it, it showed me things I wasn't expecting. I didn't realize how spread out this place was. I didn't realize how in the world they can cram so many people on these campsites. I mean, I had gone out of town to do laundry. <laughs> you know, I left the airport to do laundry at one point. This was like the day it was raining, which was perfect. And then coming back, it was just a sea of RVs. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. I mean, NASCAR's got nothing on this. You know, this was just great. Yeah. But after, and, okay, the P-38 stuck in my head. But, you know, afterwards, I really had to come to understand. And, you know, everybody who's gone is say, yeah, well, that's what it's about. It's EAA. It's experimental aircraft. It's private airplanes. It's home builds. It's, it's the private pilot event. And so they really cater to those who fly the Cessnas and the beach and, the, you know, the home builds. The, uh, what's my, like the Zenith. I love the Zenith one. Uh and and the warbird is like, hey, there's some there's some warbirds over here. Y'all can come see these. And there were there weren't a lot of them. And I'm so used to seeing a lot of warbirds at Wings Over Houston, and so I'm spoiled. Now I'm not disappointed in Oshkosh, but if you go to see a lot of planes, like especially warbirds and stuff, you're not gonna get it there. You're gonna see a lot of 3D flying. In fact, Philip had mentioned it earlier. What was uh, that green plane that they were marketing the as a? Yeah, they were marketing as a, hey, you can take this plane and fly it here and fly it there. But this guy was doing stunts with it. You know, it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, honey, let's do a trick set here, but let's do a couple of uh, Immelmans. And, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it was, uh, you know, it really does cater to that mindset. And I, I didn't leave disappointed, but it changed my, my view of it a little bit and said, I'm not sure I'm going to go again like every year, like I do Wings of Houston, Wings Over Houston because they really do more events and, and more birds and showings there and everything else the the, you know, the private pilot scene is is further down this is if you have a plane if you love flying this is where you go in fact i think what this is kind of really off the chart but when i was walking through the uh, warehouses or whatever the little hangers there this guy handed me a yellow bag and says hey it's fresh off you know it's right off the press and it's a trade plane and I remember as a kid, my dad would get these trader planes. I don't know why, but he, he just thought I'd like them. And I would sit there and stare at a trader plane, just like I would those Tower Hobbies, you know, catalogs guys, you know. But he would give me a trader plane. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I'd sit there and I was like, this is such a cool thing. And I was like, it brought back that memory. But I can't really compare Wings Over Houston and Oshkosh. They are, are actually two different types of events. So I, I left a little disappointed that I didn't get to see more warbirds and stuff. But it was so exciting. And, I, yeah, I was I was on a high. Uh, and I've got, oh my gosh, I'm still editing photos, guys. I mean, I, I did take well over 5,000 photos, not to mention all the video. And I, I can't wait to get it out to you guys because I'm looking at some pictures here like, oh, this is this was so much fun. Like, I, I love the... The skydivers, Philip. Did you see those skydivers doing, you know, <laughs> you know, planking straight down, you know, they're 90 <laughs> degrees to the ground? I'm actually I mean, following I, one of the wingsuit people on Facebook now. It was a lady. Somebody oh. sent me a video that she filmed of her wingsuit jumps over Oshkosh. And it's like, that's what her I, Facebook page is I, about. It's like, I saw that video lady. too. Uh, it's just, I've never seen a skydiver just facing straight at the ground. And go, I mean, and just, I mean, how, how close do you think they were to the ground before they pulled up? 
<laughs> it was it was feet. I mean, it was you know it was very short. It was amazing. And it was so one of those, those squirrel suits that they were using. Well, they had some Red Bull people in wingsuits. Well, there were wingsuits too. And by the way, I have some great photos. I, I mean, I'm only using my my 280 millimeter lens. Uh, but when they came out, the two wingsuit guys they they were booking across the runway. But they had a plane going round them, you know, with a smoke trail. So and I got Mike some really Goulian nice shots. in a Red Bull plane. He was doing loops around these people that are flying Ex- through the sky in the wings. Yeah, Whoa. and but when they got out and they were in their parachute, this fits. I'm talking about when they're in their parachute. They got their parachute horizontal. Oh, I see they, what you're saying. Uh, they are going, I mean, it's fast. I mean, it's got to be 100 miles an hour straight down to the ground. They, I mean, it was, I, I hope I have it on video. In fact, on Monday, this was cool, on Monday where I had my seat, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm right on the front row. This is great. They landed right in front of me. Austin, I mean, excuse me, Ryan was watching one of the videos, and they came right and goes, did they hit you? I was like, no, they're, they're just right there, like, you know, 20 feet in front of me where they landed. It was amazing. But they, I mean, coming straight down at you, that, that was that was neat. So I kind of got off on the tangent there. You know, Terry, you're asking me, you know, was I on a high? I was very excited. It's a, it's a great bucket list to check off. Uh, I hope when I share more photos with you guys, you know, it really was a lot of fun. And I, I hope people ask me some questions about these pictures because they're – there were a lot of neat planes out there. Cool. When are you going back? Uh, <laughs> you made me yeah. laugh because I was thinking about Cindy. My wife came up with this great scenario. When I told her that there were people that had been camping there for two weeks before the show started just to get a good spot, she said, well, it sounds like you and the boys need to go up there two weeks beforehand and rent an RV and you get settled and I'll just stay at home or I'll go visit my friend in Chicago and I'll, I'll, you know, rent a car and, and come meet you guys later. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was working it. I was like, all right, my wife's thinking about it, but you kind of have to do that. If you want a good spot and you, and you, and you want to keep your uh, spouse who's not so aviation uh, excited, uh, happy, you you want to make sure she's in, a, in an RV that hopefully has air conditioning and, you know, up close to some easy, access of the uh, the air show so you know maybe two years maybe we do that take the boys the family and, and well, rent an we RV. do bring some planes because you'll be here two weeks early we can go flying man there you hey i like that you see my wife my wife loves planes she loves going to look at them but she won't get on one my wife will not oh, fly but she loves planes she loves the history she hmm. loves seeing them she loves learning about them but she she hates flying even commercial, yeah. fascinating, interesting. Yeah, it's. But she keeps so, thinking of Sean Tucker, who used to hate, <laughs> was scared of flying, and he overcame his fear. And she keeps saying, "That should be me." And it's like, "Well, I'm not stopping you." Go right ahead. Horrible biplane. Yeah, yeah. yeah thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> so, so Terry, what were you? What were you going to say about uh, you're disappointed or hate to tell well, me? I was trying to decipher what Cindy told you. If I heard you right, you said, I'll either come up or I'll go see my friend in Chicago. No, she she meant she wasn't going to wait two weeks and camp out for two weeks before the air show started. Uh She let us go first, get the site, and then she'll catch up with us before the show starts. Okay. Okay. And then she'll just sit in an air-conditioned RV during the whole thing. Gotcha. I, I... I was getting the impression she was just trying to get rid of you for three weeks. But 
she might cop out at the last minute. You know what, though? I am so glad. People have asked, some people have said, so did you and your kids have fun at Oshkosh? And I just laughed and said, I did not bring my kids. Are you crazy? So, I, And I've said this before in the show. I am so glad I did not bring anyone to the show because I was I was walking all over the place. I made, I changed my mind. I'd take a break. I you know I went to sea base. I there if you're alone you have so much more freedom. And especially if this is the first time. I know people have said there's no way you can do Oshkosh in a week. And they're right, you can't. But I did pretty darn close. I really did. Philip, if you and I had a map and I could show you everywhere there's only maybe twenty percent of the facility I didn't visit. And I'm not kidding you. I did a lot of walking and it, it was great. And you can't do that with a group of people, you know? And so if you really want to go do this, if you've never done Oshkosh, if you've got the capacity, the mental capacity, the financial capacity and the time to do it, do it alone. And, you know, leave the kids with grandma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave them in the so, hotel or something. But yeah. I love my kids, but you know, there's definitely a different dynamic when, when they're part of the trip. It's not even, it's, it's other humans. It's other <laughs> human beings. Well, you can say it. <laughs> Any, well, okay, I can say my kids, but... Earth scum. Well, I mean, if I went with Fitz, Fitz, I mean, I'd love to go with Fitz and Terry, I, you know, and I went with Philip, but, you know, Philip made me sit on the front line while he went and got coffee and, you know, I bought you lunch, too, um, <laughs> You did. And I thanked you. Uh... I mean, if I went with you guys, Fitz, I mean, Fitz, you have different tastes in aircraft. You might want to go somewhere else. We're going to get separated. And by the time you start hanging out at the place you want to be, you're going to be there for a long time and go, where was Lee? <laughs> when was I supposed right. to see Lee? I'll, I'll just see him at the tent. Yeah, Lee. <laughs> so uh, it was it was perfect for me. And I hope other people who have listened to the show and have not gone to Oshkosh, if you are into aviation, especially, you know, private aviation, you want to build your own airplane, uh, you know, we... Again, this show could be several more episodes because I didn't talk anything about the forums, about you know going down to listen to people build stuff. There were several places where you could get your hands on to do stuff. Um, this is the place to go, and it's worth staying the entire week. I would not recommend. It's kind of like Disneyland or or the Smithsonian. You can't do it in a day or two. Give yourself the entire week. Do what I did. Camp out there or find a, an easy way to get out there. You know, using a shuttle or something. And enjoy it and embrace it because it is a lot of information. But I don't think you ever, well, maybe you did. I was going to say you didn't answer the question, but you might go back next year. Or a, two years. A, okay, two years. Not too far down the road. All right. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, two years would be good. We were talking about that about EFest, you know? I mean, every two years, and you know, now it's like probably defunct. Well, I, I <laughs> think well, yeah, two years would be a good us. time to go because 2019 is the 50th anniversary. Is it? No, the 75th anniversary of the end of the war with the Normandy raid. So that might be a big thing with the bombers and all the World War II stuff in two years. Yeah, no P-38s oh, well, in the Normandy I'm, raid. I'm sorry about I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yes, <history>. there was. <laughs> I think you're mistaken, no, Lee, I'm, but... I'm just saying, I, I don't, they're going to say that. I say, oh, we don't know, need P-38s for the Normandy uh, raid. <laughs> you're just being pessimistic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, I wasn't being serious. Not our Lee. Uh, oh, man. You know what's going to happen? The next year is going to be P-38. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Reunion or something. It's some anniversary yeah. here. Yeah, and we have a special treat for Lee Ray. Lee Ray, you out there? <laughs> well, if they Skin are, I'm going to take a lot of pictures for you and tantalize you. Oh, okay. well, 
video too. Well, uh, I, well. Speaking of P38s, is Mike McCormick's version? Is it flown yet? Oh, are we done with Oshkosh? Gonna... Uh, will we ever be done with Oshkosh? <laughs> You're going to be referencing this trip for <laughs> many episodes to come. Right. That's fine. It was a weird. It was a weird segue. So I'll. I'll <laughs> uh, well, it just popped away. For, for those of you. Uh, following up. Mike McCormick is the one who built this uh, gorgeous Cerulli uh, P38. He made it electric. I contacted him a couple of days ago and asked him for an update, and he and his uh, pilot took it out for a taxi run, and unfortunately, on a, on a turnaround, I guess, he lost his landing gear, one of the inboard uh, wing gears, wing gear, whatever. Uh, I don't even know which side. He just said he had a little accident. It tore out the gear, so he's Got to do some bandage to it, uh, but he's hopeful, so he'll keep me informed on how long it'll take. He, he estimated two weeks. Wow. I guess he's got other things going on, too, so I'm not saying it's yeah, that two sure. weeks of damage, but we'll, we'll see. But he said the taxi... Well, I assume he, he's probably not the type to patch it together with duct tape and spackle. Yeah, yeah he's starting from scratch. Got <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, to rebuild that boom. I'll keep this part right here and build around it. <laughs> yeah. Start with a cockpit. <laughs> so, yeah. So. All right, cool. Well, well, Philip, thanks very much for joining us this time. It was a great pleasure having you on and uh, get to it talk to you again after a couple of years. It was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed hanging out with you, Philip, and I appreciate you. Yep, uh, and I yes, and I appreciate you uh, humoring me at Oshkosh. We had a good time, and it was fun <laughs> keeping an eye out for you. So. I will treasure your photo bomb. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i'm sharing that i'm sharing that on our page so <laughs> was that a t38 or something i think it's was that a t38 that i photobombed no it was a t33 t- i knew it was a t30 something so <laughs> t38 yeah, I'm, I'm t33 all the that. same right <laughs> I don't whatever it takes i'm not real good at that stuff yet i'm still learning a lot of that so. <laughs> thanks guys right. have a good one you man. too take care Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts.